0: This is BiblioVile, Back from the Dead, a podcast where a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find.
1: For this episode of BiblioVile, I read Down the Chimney by Deborah Dunbar, and Nick read A Christmas Cake by Julia Aaron.
0: And Finn was there too!
1: This is No, that's the
0: title. Welcome! <laughs> To BiblioVile, my name is Mick Dickinson. This is a show that we still make. I am your co-host.
1: And I'm Susan, Dickin, your up- Susan Dickinson, your other co-host. It's, it's been, been so a while. long that I don't even remember what my own name is.
0: It's been a while since we have done a BiblioVile where we actually review books. Because remember that the last time we did BiblioVile was our 450th uh, episode mm-hmm. and we made up our own books. So we have not actually read and reviewed books for... Months. Months now, months. but I'm happy to report that our dog is still here and he is still chewing on a toy. Uh, Very
1: loudly, into the microphone.
0: Unlike the uh, Molly's Monsters episode he was recently featured on, he will not be, hopefully, howling from another room. Oh <laughs> <instead> poor buddy. <laughs> we'll just be biting on a, a, a toy. So it has been a hot minute since we have done a BiblioVal. In case you are, I don't know, just joining us or started listening for our hot, hot RPG action uh this is a show where susan and i find each other the worst books we can find and make the other ones read it give a book report and uh this one has a little bit of a theme i wonder if you can guess it uh it's seasonally related and it's also related to our very first episode
1: it is are we supposed to tell the theme or are we supposed to wait for them to guess it's christmas it's christmas
0: one of maybe several christmas episodes uh, who knows because christmas is often written about and what's more is often written about in novella form and uh, compilation form so i got a
1: and it's also written about badly
0: oh very badly <clears throat> uh because people who like christmas aren't very good at that sort of thing
1: hey <laughs> <laughs> Rude.
0: Um, so I got Susan a novella. Uh I thought of the I thought of returning to the Christmas uh spirit for Bibliovile because of a McElroy product. Uh Justin McElroy on My Brother, My Brother and Me recently returned uh or it created a new segment called That's Christmas to Me where he pitches the boys two real hallmark Christmas movies and then one uh made up one that he and his wife Sydney make up. Uh, and once you know, I am fantastic at the game because I I know exactly what goes into bad Christmas stuff. Because our very first episode, episode one of the Bibliovale podcast, Susan, you got me a Christmas compilation book made up of three different stories. I
1: think it was one of, if not my best. BiblioVile picks. Of really, all time.
0: we really <clears throat> shot our wad early. As we really were. did, yeah. um, especially because this was a book that I was hoping would happen throughout the entirety of BiblioVile. and it happened on the very first one. Because the thir- the middle of the two books from that three book collection had a- an ending that can best be summed up as: it turns out there were ghosts the whole time. It and, was uh, amazing. It was it was very amazing. Unfortunately, there, as far as I know, uh, were no. Turns out there were ghosts the whole time in my novella. Uh, but Susan is going to start by describing her novella that I bought from Amazon onto a Kindle. It's called
1: Down the Chimney. Down by, the Chimney. Uh, Deborah Dunbar.
0: Wow, lots of D's in e- that book.
1: There sure are. Um, actually, no, there are no sex scenes in here, which no. is a bummer. Can you tell (laughs) me how you found this? Did it well? like, is this who we are now that this popped up on your Amazon recommendations? According
0: according to Mr. Bezos, richest man in the world, by several billion dollars, or like uh, $40 billion, uh, yeah, it is who I am, according to Amazon.com, so it popped Mm -hmm. up in my recommended for you, uh, and when I saw the cover, which I don't know if I ever showed you the cover, Is a woman in a tank top, Mm. daisy dukes, and cowboy boots, but with a Santa hat on, climbing like with one leg up, Captain Morgan style, on a chimney uh, in the dead of winter. And so I had to do it, and then when I read the uh, description, it mentioned a high council, because of course there's a high council. And I, I didn't even read any further. I bought it for you right then and there.
1: So this book is part of Deborah Dunbar's Imp series, which follows... A group of angels, demons, and our main character, who is the Iblis.
0: The Eblis.
1: I think that's how you say it. Iblis. Eblis. I don't know. I'm gonna go with Eblis.
0: IBS. In any case.
1: And she is both a demon and an angel, and she's also raising an angel of she's chaos. She's a demon
0: and an angel. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: And she's raising, like, she's the adoptive mom to this kid who is a, uh, he is an angel of order.
0: So she has a chaos angel and an angel of order.
1: No, I'm sorry. She is dating a chaos angel and she is in charge of an angel of order.
0: Okay. His name is Lux. Which one? The child. Of uh, order.
1: No, like, order. Like, the opposite of chaos. Yeah,
0: like, I know. Of, or like, he... That's the one that's... Order is the child, and yeah, chaos is the boyfriend. Correct.
1: Yeah. Um...
0: I, I hear they're both chaos. Man, I, am I right.
1: assumed that this would be, like, I don't know, about that person and her, like, crazy life, um, and all of the weird things that happen when you are in Eblis. um... But it's actually about her trying to find a toy for her kid for Christmas. That's what the whole book is about. It's
0: the full (laughs) plot line. Why did we need a high council? Why did we need chaos angels? Why did we need any of this?
1: I have no idea because literally the entire purpose is just her trying to find this Godzilla Lego toy for Lux for Christmas. Um, And she can't find it anywhere because it's like the hot toy of the season. And so it's all sold out. So she goes through all of these different ways of trying to find the toy.
0: All the kids are asking for Godzilla this year. She is
1: at a council meeting, and she is distracted because she's trying to search for this toy on eBay during the council meeting, and she's trying to bid on it. And
0: while she's
1: distracted... When was this written? I don't know. Probably... Twenty minutes ago. Um, <laughs> Who uses
0: eBay anymore?
1: I apparently eBay is trying to be the new Amazon. Like you. Can, well,
0: eBay was the first Amazon.
1: I know. Um, but so she's at this council meeting. They're talking about. They're like basically giving assignments for the Christmas season. And she winds up, because she's not paying attention, getting assigned to do all this PR stuff for the angels and the demons. And so she has to, like, go to this Toys for Tots thing with a bunch of Marines and hand out toys. And that toy is one of the toys that is being being handed out. And so she tries to steal it from a little girl. She tries to buy it on eBay and she spends $3,000 on a really bad fake version of it. And then she waits in line... Like for like 72 hours outside of this toy store to try to get it. And she's the 11th person in line, and they only have
0: 10. You know that this is a, a movie called Jingle All the Way starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Yeah,
1: except right now it's starring a demon angel adoptive mom. So
0: the fact that she went with the Marines, are demons and angels like a thing mm-hmm. in this world? And they're just out there and they everyone are. knows it? Okay. Even
1: to the point where. Which one are the Marines? One of. <laughs> One of her um, PR stunts that she has to do is going to the White House tree lighting.
0: It's tremendous.
1: Yeah, it is. So they're describing this, this is what makes me think this must have been written fairly recently because they're describing the president and the first lady. So this is the first lady. Her gaze drifted over to her husband, who is giving some rambling, long winded speech about big trees and gold and prosperity and how it was all better and bigger and huger than any tree or gold or prosperity since the dawn of time. And like this entire scene, it is very clearly Donald and Melania that they're talking it. about, like down to like the accent of the first lady and how she like very clearly does wow. not give a shit about Let's not, her. <clears throat>
0: Let's not make assumptions. Plenty of first ladies have had foreign accents. Have they now? Yeah, no. <laughs>
1: um, so that part was kind of funny, and there were some there were some funny moments in this. It was just confusing, cause it it was just about a mom getting a toy for her kid. Like, why it do seems we like need... overkill? Yeah. Um. There was a a very long scene when she's waiting outside the toy store overnight with this like older lady that she becomes friends with. She just refers to her as grandma. And her partner, the angel of chaos, comes and drops off, like, lattes for her. And she had texted him, like, oh, I you made know, a friend. And so he brought two orders of Starbucks. You know, enslaved. God
0: and heaven, very chaotic.
1: Ah, oh, very chaotic. The
0: Old Testament God is is really devoted to chaos as an ideal.
1: And um, this is just an exchange that I thought was pretty cute. He comes and brings them Starbucks. And she says, what a nice, handsome young man your husband is, grandma told me. He's six billion years old, I informed her. Well, he doesn't look a day over five million. Like, there's some just, like, fine, cutesy, whatever. But it seems very out of place because in her internal monologue, the main character is always talking about, like, angel sex and causing chaos and making dirty jokes and all of this stuff. Also, ask me what the main character's name is.
0: Susan, what's the main character's name? I don't know. Lux. That's the kid.
1: No, that's the kid. I literally don't know. I scrolled back and Tyler read the Durden. first couple of chapters again. I don't think they ever say the main character's name.
0: This is it Tyler Durden?
1: Probably. I think they just assume that if you're reading this one, you've read the rest of them. Well, and naturally. So you know what on earth is happening. Um, two characters at one point go to a 24-hour tour of churches across the world with a goal of Midnight Mass in every time zone, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, I don't know. It's basically just a series of vignettes about her trying to get this toy and also plan what her friends consider to be an appropriate Christmas for a six-year-old.
0: Damn.
1: Um, One funny thing that I did get a kick out of was she's, like, putting together all of the food for their big Christmas feast. They're having a bunch of people over. And he or and she's like she's planned all this stuff she got a giant turkey all of these different things and someone brings a kale salad and she's like I am not serving that that's gross and so she keeps trying to get rid of it and it keeps reappearing (laughs) like she throws it out she like literally tosses it out into the snow she lights it on fire like no matter what she does with it it just keeps reappearing in the same bowl on the table so, like, that was kind of a funny, like, recurring joke throughout the last piece. But it was just about a mom getting a toy for a kid. She she never gets it. And she is, like, prepared for her kid to be disappointed. And she feels badly about that. And then... Turns
0: out the Godzilla Lego set was inside us all along. Exactly.
1: Um, and then hit the kid's uncle, i l um... Doesn't come to well, so no one sees him come to Christmas. <laughs>
0: well, wow, he's he's Uncle Samuel. Um,
1: no one like sees him, but they know that he's there. He like slipped in and out, and he brought Lux the toy. Oh. And that's how it ends. Nice. So it's just a weird book with a lot of background noise that's completely unnecessary about a kid getting a toy for Christmas.
0: Sounds good, but I'm disappointed. But okay, yeah, Was it is kid- what it is. Was the kid the uh, angel of chaos? No, you said it was adopted. Yeah. How do angels have kids?
1: Um, I don't know. Probably uh, something to do with angel sex.
0: Typically. Let me tell you about the heaven birds and the heaven bees. <laughs> nah. Um...
1: Tell me about your book man. How that?
0: No, I want to know. How that angel sex, though? Is it good?
1: Apparently. Apparently it's nerdy.
0: Angels, once again, typically very dirty.
1: Mm-hmm. Just the, the raunchiest creatures you can possibly
0: imagine. I don't know. Have you read Genesis? Um, So my book uh, was called Christmas Cakes, a Holiday, or Christmas Cake, a Holiday, something, something. Uh, hey I don't,
1: Mick, Hey, Mick, first, can I ask you, did yes. it
0: include recipes? Not to the point that I read. Oh, I, read the, I read the first book in the series of three because okay. we agreed since you only had to read a vignette. Uh, That I should only have to read a vignette. Um, But you may notice Christmas cake is a very, very uh, uh, normal sort of name for a book. So I don't know who it's by. Hold on. Christmas cake, a holiday collection. Celia Aaron. Sure. Sure or Kellia, I don't know, C-E-L-I-A. C-E-L-I-A. Uh, But it is a compilation of several different uh, books. I don't know if this is, or of uh, novellas. I don't know if this is a compilation album, like each one was by a different person, or she wrote Laziness, three different things. But I only read the first one, the titular, the <laughs> ah. eponymous Christmas cake. Um, it was real bad.
1: <laughs> what kind of bad, though?
0: It was just the most artificial terrible nothing in it made sense at all um so we open on Ezra Blackstone who is a miserly 20 something fun who's living in a gigantic mansion with his butler and he receives a christmas cake the titular christmas cake oh, wow. from a baker in town that Ezra is convinced is trying to insult him by sending this cake because the baker's father was the mayor that did some unsaid wrong to Ezra's parents, who appear to be very rich throughout all the book because he's very rich. And then it's revealed at the end that they were very poor the whole time. And
1: That's fake news. Millennials don't have any money.
0: Yes. Um, but also, it turns out that the reason that the mayor screwed over Ezra's parents is that Ezra's parents wanted to start a bakery. And their when their bakery burned down, the mayor kept the insurance money. Mm-hmm. Because the dad is the mayor. I'm sorry, I don't know if I mentioned that. Mm-hmm. But so he's convinced that this you know, daughter mayor is
1: naturally handed down from father to son.
0: Well, no, it, it, he has a daughter. The mayor has a daughter.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Whose name is Titana?
1: Titiana?
0: No, it's something. I just don't know what it is. Um, I know Ezra's name, but hers is something like. Annabelle or Ariola or something like that. (laughs) I'm
1: sure it's not Ariola.
0: So he's bah humbuggish because this is a Christmas book and the man is always not into. We have to have a Scrooge, yeah. Yeah. Um and so he's going to finally he's tried to get the lawyer to shut her down for health whatever her bakery down for health code he's tried to uh push her out by buying it and everything he wants her done and he's buying up everything else in town and it doesn't really matter Yeah make that's any sense. what
1: mayors do. He's not they... the mayor. Oh. He's
0: just a rich dude. The oh. mayor was the father of the baker. Okay. I don't okay. know if I explained this badly cuz it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Um and so he decides he's going to go face his competition. He's going to go talk to her. So he puts up clothes and leaves and he's a germaphobe. And then he goes and this is the tale of him walking into her door. As I leaned over to straighten the train, she is talking. Areola is talking. And I just want you to listen to just the, the pure artificiality of this. It's like if fake snow was a book. Like spray on snow. <laughs> As I leaned over to straighten the trays of eclairs, the door opened and the winter chill swirled into the sugary warmth of the shop. A tall man in a long, dark gray coat entered, a few flakes of snow melting in his black hair as he stepped inside. Dark green eyes peered around at the cases filled with cakes and cookies, and then he stepped closer. Handsome, he looked to be a little older than I was. Maybe 30 or so to my 25. By the way, she's not married at 25. She's oh my like, god,
1: the world is She's ending. practically a
0: spinster, is what everybody else tells her. Hi, I walked to the front counter. How can I help you? Hello. He didn't approach. Just kept perusing the store with his sharp gaze. I threaded my fingers together and tried not to stare at him. Usually when someone came in, they'd at least come to the counter or walk to the cases. This man, though, as if... It was as if he were afraid to get any closer. I cleared my throat. I hear we're supposed to get more snow tonight. Yes. He finally moved closer, though he wasn't looking at the cases anymore. He was looking at me with a directness that caused heat to creep up my neck and into my cheeks. Your Adeline Bishop, her name is Adeline. He stopped a few feet from the counter. Tall, he was over six feet and broad, like some sort of athlete. I don't know if she's rapping or something. Did he live here in town, she's asking? I, yes, but my friends call me Addie. He held my gaze, and the look in his eye seemed almost like a challenge. And this is your shop, Adeline? I swallowed hard, yes. What can I get for you? My tongue darted out to wet my lips, a nervous habit. His eyes followed the movement and widened. What can you get for me? He asked it softly, his gaze still on my lips. Gross. Something about the way he watched me made my breath catch in my throat. Breathily, I said, yes, I have cookies and cakes and... Cakes! And so he's all mad again. So, like, why are we bonered up?
1: Yeah, if anyone came in to a place where I was alone and was staring at me that intensely, I would call the cops immediately.
0: So, he goes back. He leaves the shop because he's challenged with something and he doesn't know what to do because it turns out she's really hot. She's got a curvy sweetness to her, and it doesn't matter how she sees herself cuz actually she's beautiful and it's And it's,
1: that's what makes you and beautiful. And that's what makes her
0: beautiful. And the fact that she has five different men trying to sleep with her, she just, you know, she just doesn't think that anybody wants her. Oh, yeah. Um, and she's got huge tits. Um, she's got a curvy body and full lips and everything like that. It's great. And so then he leaves the store but sits in his car waiting for her to close down the shop. She, nope, talks, to nope, a, nope, nope, she nope. talks to a uh, uh, another man and then sends him on his way because he's one of the... Uh, the uh, suitors and wouldn't you know it this adeline this areola lady uh she's got a messy ponytail an apron that has flour splotches oh, on it of and any one last piece that uh a
1: little bit of flour in her hair a little
0: bit of flour on her face
1: oh frosting smeared no somewhere you're on thinking her. too much
0: we're done with the bakery what else goes oh. with an apron a ponytail and messiness
1: she's clumsy
0: she is clumsy she has glasses.
1: Oh, of course.
0: This is straight out of not another teen movie yeah. with the paint stained I overalls. I bet she takes
1: them off and then all of she a sudden stops she's wearing, wearing them
0: throughout the book. She just stops. They stop being mentioned, but she still tries to push them up. But she doesn't have them because that's a thing you do that normal people do is push them up the, at the center of their nose. Like that's what that's what porn stars do when they're being the the, the librarian, the, the librarian, or the schoolgirl. Like. Oh. Um, but you
1: did that gesture, even though no one is going to be able to see.
0: Yeah, I suppose I'm, I'm playing in the space. Um, she has a, a co-baker that is obviously her second in command. He's Mm -hmm. a gay man. Uh, and you better believe he talks like one. Uh, but he's black and, uh, they, uh, named him Toby.
1: Tokenism.
0: (laughs) Oh man, the uh the roots of that joke go back very far. Oh naming the one black guy in your story, Toby. Yeah. Anyway, he has a husband who uh he can't stop talking about how much they book. So it's great. Um There's non swearing swears in here, just like always. Always. The fun part of this book is that it hops between perspectives and they're both first person.
1: Gross. Does it hop back and forth between every second chapter? But like every
0: paragraph is not like quite split screen, like it is, that one book. It was? is not quite uh, DeMalza Carlton, um, uh, bear, bear Meets Girl. girl. Yeah. Um, which by the way, look at that pull on the author name. I'm do I am
1: impressed. I knew the title, but I'm impressed.
0: Do not forget that I love Demelza Carlton and I will hear nothing that's said right because said. of
1: the honey badger. honey badger book. was
0: amazing and I love it to this day. I, I will never forget how great that, that was. One. Anyway, um, so he makes sure that she's... This is... I have written down five different yarts. Uh, I don't know. Something about this, like, there's, like, gross or yuck. And there's, a, like, yarts says a specific thing. It, like, has, yeah. a, has a noise to it. Uh, this is the first one is that he follows her. Like, this whole story is, is just ends in yarts. Um, he follows her home to make sure she gets home okay because she walks home. He is in a car... She's on foot, and he's- Nope,
1: nope, 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 no nope, nope. And nope. the thing
0: is that he's following her home, and like the whole time he's staring at her ass in her tights, which is gross enough as it is. But also, how slow were you going in that car Yeah, that you were following behind a person and who was like, walking?
1: You're the kind of guy that women ask someone else to walk them home because of.
0: Yes. And what's even better is that when he stops at- We're supposed to be getting this idea of him as like- Oh, you know, he's a control guy, and yeah, he worries no. a lot, and he doesn't trust others. But the the uh, the uh, apple in the bunch is that uh, once she goes inside, he says like, "Well, I hope she's going to be safe when she's in there," and he checks her front door to make sure that it's locked.
1: Oh, I hate
0: that it that. is locked, and it is, and so he leaves and goes home.
1: That's horrifying.
0: But what if it wasn't? Yeah. What kind of conversation just are you prepared to have? up
1: her door. Hey, um, I was checking and I, I just I just found out that this wasn't locked yeah. This is the kind of shit that, like, I know it's present in other books, too, but I think Fifty Shades and Twilight made this so much worse because that's, like, the whole appeal of what's his bucket from twilight and the, the gray guy from
0: johannes gray that's not it but. <laughs>
1: christian gray <laughs> from 50 shades is that they're like they're just overprotective like no that's stalkerish and controlling and gross yeah.
0: yep believe me i'm the one who had to read 50 shades of gray Yart,
1: that Yarts. wasn't my fault blame charles for that one
0: charles i blame you for that one um i'm gonna take you through the whole thing good. Okay. Um, and so the next morning she goes back into the bakery and you wouldn't believe it, but she can't stop thinking about this guy that of she had course. a, ter- that a small conversation with. Um, but she, he would never be interested in her because she's not pretty enough. And her gay baker friend says, Oh please, that tight little package you got going and the cute glasses. And let's not forget DADASS, spelled D-A-T. No, that's not good. That's not how people talk to each other. No. That's not how gay men talk to women. And that's not how black gay men talk to women. <laughs> like, that's It's so just artificial and yeah. disgusting. Um, then we wake up with uh, Ezra, who can't stop thinking about uh, Ariola Addy. And uh, uh, so he goes to take a shower, and, and we get to watch him as he jerks off in the shower about her. Yart. Oh, yeah! And he cry, He yells out in climax. Areola! <laughs> <laughs> don't, you, don't you do that all the time? Oh, yeah. Duh! Well, I do say Ariola in a loud voice, but that's different. <laughs> um, so he can't admit that he's Ezra Grace. Or uh, uh, Eli. No. No. So I said it was Ezra Blackstone. I'm sorry. His name is Ezra Grayson. And the reason I got mixed up is he, he can't admit that he's Ezra Grayson. Because Ezra Grayson is trying to push her out of business all the time and now he's falling in love with her. He doesn't want to admit it. And the so butler it's the
1: plot line of you got mail.
0: Basically. Yes. <laughs> you had jingled all the way and I had you got yeah. mail. Um and so he can't admit that he's Ezra Grayson and his butler, you know, the butler is like He might as well just be like, sir, this is a rom-com plot. You better Mm -hmm. stop it. And so he's the one uh, voice of reason here. So he goes in to get a better handle on the competition. Maybe get her to blow me or whatever. Uh, And he panics and says that his name instead of Ezra Grayson is Eli Blackson. (laughs) Way to go, bud. Great work, bud.
1: Does he accidentally say that in front of the one black guy in the book?
0: No. Well, maybe, but he gets literally introduced. Um, so we're gonna hop back into another quote, because I need you. Oh, no, we're not going to because uh, that's after they break up. Spoiler alert. Oh,
1: no, they break up.
0: Um, so he they he asks to go. Uh, uh, oh, I said this is the most artificial shit I've ever read. And I once read a story where there were ghosts the whole time. <laughs> So then he takes her to the tree lighting ceremony that the other suitor already asked her to. She says yes to him instead. Mm. They go. He has bought several gazebos and had them set up the day before, and he gets to sit in the one with the heater and hot chocolate and a spread and everything. And she is just oh, she's warmed by this instead of being like, What the well, fuck? Well, of course she's warmed going? by it. He
1: put a heater in. Ayo.
0: Instead of saying, What the fuck is going on? like any reasonable person would. Yeah. Um there's also the phrase, uh, well, yeah, okay, They leave from this wonderful thing where he gets to save Christmas by plugging the lights in because the workers wouldn't because one of them got shocked. And so it hap- it ends the chapter on like a climax of what's gonna happen? And then it, it it's fine. He plugged it in.
1: Good,
0: So the lights turned on.
1: Good job, Eli Ezra. Um,
0: and so he is driving her home. She invites him in and makes some crack about like old man Grayson or something like that. So he freezes and he doesn't want to go any leaps. And then she feels like rejected and she's crying because she thought she had something. And so he sends her a entire truck full of dozens of red roses. Like I'm not kidding, a package delivery truck where the whole back is dozens of red roses. And uh, uh, the gay That's no good. the gay baker says to her, "There's nothing a grand gesture can't fix." Uh-huh. there's mm, This whole there's thing, a lot of things a that grand seems gesture can't fix. This seems to be a a massive theme that that develops throughout the rest of the book. Um. So he asks her after after messing up if they can go out on a date again, and she says, "Uh, sure." And so they go get some soul food, and you better believe like you better take this home, you better get get on filled up, is how the cook of the soul food place uh, talks. Like, sure enough gonna be cooking you some grits. And it is really disgusting. Uh, but they, they eat spicy mac and cheese and Blah. collard greens. Blah. And they feel very full, and they're very satisfied, and then they immediately go home and fuck. No, and they don't. Like...
1: They go home and toot all the long.
0: Yeah! <laughs> and it's like sexy, sexy doing it, and it's like, yars, no, she just farted. Um... <laughs> Just like always has to happen in the sex book, he goes down on her first. Mm-hmm. And he won't shut the hell up about it. Like, he's supposed to be able to say the exact right thing at the exact right time. Like, that's part of his character, apparently, yeah. in her eyes. And none of it rings true, because it's the most artificial thing I've ever read. And also, he won't stop talking. And so he's he's giving her smooches, and he's making his way downstairs. And then he's just standing there, and goes, so pink and perfect.
1: Oh. And it's like,
0: bud, just... Just go for it. You're there. Yeah. Just touch home. Right? You're, stop showboating. And then.
1: Also, so, yuck.
0: Since she's a baker, he says, sweet, just like I imagined it. because <laughs> her, yeah. you know, cause you bake so much, it turns yeah. your vagina sweet.
1: Yeah. And
0: yeasty. And yeast. That's <laughs> right. She's baking something down there. <laughs> uh. So she has a, she has a raging orgasm. Thank goodness. Of
1: course she does.
0: And he stands up and wipes his face off and says, if that's all you want tonight, I'll understand. I enjoyed every second of it, but I'd prefer to be inside you if that's an option.
1: (laughs) Oh my God, that's so (laughs) awkward. Hey, so, uh. I, I don't know what your your plans are. Like we we can be done. I mean that that's fine. We can be done if if you want to. But like, but that dick though, that know, dick though, in in there.
0: I like I, how I could put it in there. This is like the preeminent in nice guy or whatever. Like, oh, I'm just gonna say some chivalrous thing. Like, I'd prefer to be inside you if that's an option, milady. Like, I'll I'll ask permission. Don't
1: do that. Instead, say. Want a bone? Yeah, you want that's to do it. the right thing to say.
0: You want to keep going? Yeah. Um. So yeah, then they keep dating and everything is wonderful. Of course it is. But on the day he finally plans to tell her, "Hey, I am not this other person. I'm Tom Hanks," right? <laughs> uh, he walks down the street to her bakery. He's gonna take her out on a date, and they reveal across the street, Grayson's Bakery. First four hundred customers get a Christmas cake free. Because he set up a bakery to compete with hers. This is
1: literally You've Got Mail. Fox Books is right around the corner from Shop on yeah, the Corner.
0: But hasn't that already opened at the time when this plot is happening? This It is, is...
1: in progress. Yes. As they are. So
0: like, this yeah. this uh, bakery across the street opens up that day that he's about to tell her. And it's going to put her out of business, which is mm. the whole point. He's going to Amazon her ass. Um, so... It was, uh, she, he comes, oh, the other suitor comes up and points him out as the, Ezra Grayson and not actually Eli Blackson. He's like, yeah, it's all true and everything, but I didn't mean for this to happen. It was supposed to open in January and I was going to scrap it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you then? Um, and the guy who is put in charge of opening it opened it early. Uh, so they, they break up and it's not going good. And, uh, she's all mad at herself for allowing herself to trust someone again. And it's like, again, you're 25. Yeah. We didn't get to see any of this other stuff. She says in her narration, "What a mess. Ezra and I were like a cake that just wouldn't rise. Oh, all the no. all the ingredients were there, but it didn't work out, maybe because there was an extra spice weighing the whole thing down." Lies.
1: Oh no. The extra spice is lies. Yeah,
0: the secret is lies. The fifth
1: element is love.
0: <laughs> that's right. The fifth element is love uh, and lies and lies and love. And so he prepares to give her a grand gesture. He scraps the uh, the bakery. Uh, but wouldn't you know it that... Uh, I forgot to say this. Areola's cakes are delicious and amazing and everyone loves them. Her cookies and yeah, gingerbread is really home, good. Man. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Um, <laughs> And they're so good, but the coffee is just terrible.
1: Oh.
0: And then Ezra goes into his his, uh, bakery, and everyone's complaining about all the cakes are mass-produced in their factory and everything like this, not made with the real love. But the coffee in Ezra's bakery is just delicious. And this kid's mentioned like eight times that her coffee's terrible, and then it's the once, and he goes, delicious, huh? And kind of rubs his chin. And I wrote down... What if Pavlov's gun was constantly being fired at random during the play? Is that still good storytelling? <laughs> like if someone came up and hung up a gun, and then midway through the, fir- the like the rest of the first act just goes bang and just shoots yeah. it and goes, oh okay, whatever. Or
1: instead, actually, just stood there and stared at it and said. Hey, why is this gun on the wall?
0: Guns, huh? Why is
1: there a gun here? Hmm. Did everyone see the gun?
0: Guns, you say. Did you
1: see the gun that's over there? Hey, Mick. Hey, Mick. Hey, did you see the gun?
0: So he he waits for a massive blizzard to happen and fills up her entire shop with poinsettias, uh, as well as demolishing the bakery like on the inside and it's back under things. And sets up a promotion where if they buy one of her cakes, they get a $50 gift certificate to one of his stores or something like that. And she's she's all not having it because she's all mad. And then she really gets to see that people are so so excited to uh, uh, get to spend it on others. He's really opening up the ability to buy gifts on him uh, while supporting her bakery and everything like that. And uh, uh, so she's watching this happen. uh, And then somehow, uh, uh, a road construction crew or construction crew come out. And one of them, them says every Grayson joint, one of the construction crew asked and whistled as he looked at all the Grayson buildings down the street. What must've been the foreman pointed at the nearest building. And I can't help reading this in Rodney, the bone golem's voice. Every single one, he wants them festive and he wants them done fast. Let's get to work boys. Yes. This pay from the pay from this will make our kids happy come Christmas morning.
1: Who hey, talks like that? Hey, hey, Merry, Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's yeah, Sandy. He's, yeah. he's different. Samuel. Uh, no, I was
1: I wasn't wanting it to be the Sandy voice.
0: Sandy uh, voice. Every single one, he wants some festive and he wants it done fast. <laughs> uh, but I love let, the pay from this will make our kids come happy come Christmas morning. I like that idea where it's like, hey, baby, what that ass do, though? Anyway, let's get these things going for our kids i'm constructing over here <laughs> uh so he sets up an entire christmas wonderland along the main street of course wouldn't of you of course it? yeah uh, and addies it. It, there's nothing a grand gesture can't fix like like lying and business dealings and,
1: and being possessive and abusive yeah and gross. so
0: he pulls up to her bakery during a a blizzard where she's going to walk home with toby and uh uh He's like, you can't walk home. It's a blizzard. It's really bad. And he opens the door and he's got snow chains on his SUV and everything. And I've got hot chocolate and it's heated seats and it's hot in here. And Toby's like, I don't know. He's got hot chocolate. Maybe we should go in there. And she's like, no, I don't want to. And he's like, yeah, but walk through the blizzard though. And so she gets in. So as they're driving home, he gives a big long story about, uh, it's so obviously about him. Like, let me tell you a story about a poor kid from town and his two parents who wanted to open a bake. And so basically his way of making it up to the woman who he fucked over and lied to for a week and a half about who he was is very yeah. core is your dad's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Telling the story of how her dad was an asshole. And so she's you like, I mean? oh, so this is why you're like this. And remember when he was a germaphobe? I don't. Because uh, uh, it just stops happening halfway through the book because she fixed him or whatever. Oh, naturally. Oh, I forgot to mention that. That's the, what women do. The butler comes around and explains all the stuff about him being a germaphobe and everything and how she's fixed him um
1: thank goodness we have the butler to connect all of our plot
0: points but then they they smooch and everything and uh, uh they start doing it and so we get one last good old sex scene and then they wake up on christmas morning and we get a real quick sex scene there gross and then uh she is invited oh he asks her to live with her him and so we uh get a scene of her friends just showing up at his house ready to go to try the last Christmas cake because he has not eaten a single one of the ones that she sent him before they met. He threw away every single one, just like at the beginning of the book. And so they're going to eat the Christmas cake. And so they're talking about, uh, what their respective everyone got each other. And then he goes, the Toby, the gay black baker says, my husband gave me a big, wet, hot, long, drown out, drawn out. Oh, maybe I shouldn't talk about it in present company. no man you shouldn't and you don't nobody does you don't you don't do that how
1: people talk
0: um and so then she sits in his lap and he's going to eat the christmas cake and so he eats it around her and he takes a bite for a second and stops and stares at her and so she's like oh my god he doesn't like it and he goes this is the most delicious thing i've ever eaten She goes, most delicious thing and oh, she doesn't yuck. actually say that just like, oh, I, wanted, I wanted to gross you out <laughs> Um, and so then she's like oh this is the best Christmas ever and everything and he, he uh, the butler gives him a present and he's like oh I have one more thing for you and she goes well it couldn't be that I'm sitting on his lap and so he can't get down on one and then he pushes her off his lap and he gets down on one knee Haven't they
1: known each other for like 10 minutes? Why
0: do porn books always have to end in a marriage proposal? I don't understand. Like, I understand that erotica and literature is often aimed more towards women than men. Yeah. Is that like a part of the fantasy that after you bone down real good, you have commitment? Because it's not like in, in internet or video pornography that suddenly it's like, oh, by the way, I'm in love with you. Yeah. Now that I've gotten my grade up to a D, if you know what I mean, I'm in love with you. I
1: think it's that authors don't know how else to end the story.
0: It's true.
1: Like, this is the way that you end a story. With
0: the climax. Mm. um, I do want to shout out two more things. Okay. Oh, Yeah, two more things. The The wedding ring uh, has rubies and emeralds on it, not diamonds. Ah, so it's
1: Christmas colors. Christmas colors. colors
0: incredibly ugly ring to have rubies and emeralds on it to be christmas colors and and it's like you have to wear that ring all year round you know that right this isn't just jewelry like you have to wear that all the time whatever hey remember when we talked about the coffee and the pavlov's gun that won't stop you firing it's like if someone came out and goes oh and if you want to see why we were firing that gun come back for the epilogue they, there's a bonus chapter at the end of the book that, that explains, no one wanted that explains what the shop across the street's going to be
1: is it going to be a coffee shop? it only can
0: be, of course it is <laughs> and he's going to share it wouldn't with it be, the bakery wouldn't
1: it would have been hilarious if it was like a grocery store yeah, like a shoe store yeah?
0: but it's like uh, why did you put book DLC into this thing? Yeah. why do you have uh, bonus features on your book? just put it in your book you dingus and that was only one quarter or one third of the books in this thing.
1: So tell me about the other ones.
0: I didn't read it. <laughs> you only had to read a novella. I only read a novella, and I talked about mine for way longer.
1: I have three words to describe that book. <laughs> That's one of them. The other two are yarts and yarts. What's the third? Your burp.
0: Right. Ah. Uh, Finn.
1: Finn weighed in. He didn't like it either.
0: Yeah, Finn was mad, especially about Susan kicking the bed frame because we're doing this in our office, which has a bed in it. Um. So that was one edition of the Christmas novella bibliovile. I hope you guys had a good time. I'm sorry that there weren't ghosts the whole time.
1: So I think next we might have to read the other two books in that. We might have to read yeah. the other
0: two books in this thing, and then. Uh, We'll be seeing Michelle, so Mm -hmm. maybe an Otherworld will be on its way, finally. Uh, We all need some Otherworld in our lives. Might
1: be one of the last Otherworlds. We're getting to the end. Yeah,
0: when you only read one of every three, it goes pretty fast. Um, Yeah, so... That that should do it. I've been Mick Dickinson. You can follow me on Twitter at Dicky Ma. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Bibliovile. I locked that one down.
1: I've been and will continue to be Susan Dickinson. And my Twitter handle is Susan J. That's S with three U's. S-A-N-J. The theme... Music for our podcast is "Babe of the Night" by the band Elixir, off of their album
0: Pitch. I am honestly impressed that you remember that. I'm amazing. I don't know if I've ever shouted this out, but we have an email. I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure it's BiblioVileCast Cast or something like that. I can't remember for the life of me. This was a good thing to bring up. I'll put it beep on the Twitter. Beep, beep, beep. Follow. <laughs> beep 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 beep. <laughs> I'll put it on the Twitter. Whatever. Uh, you're not the boss of me. You stopped listening an hour ago. And this is only 40 minutes long. Uh, <laughs> so have a great night out there, Matt. Uh, keep on spinning.
1: Good night, Dave. Don't let
0: the sun go down on me. You can tell everybody Don't that this was your the song.
1: Don't let sun go down on me.
0: Don't let your sun. <laughs>